Jerry Savelle said, uh, said it this way concerning faith. Faith is the only way to live. Can I have an amen? amen. The only way to please God. Amen. The only way to create. Amen. The only way to victory. Amen. And it's the only way to be like Jesus. Amen. Raise your hand if you want to be like him. The important thing to understand about faith is kind of give you a, a few key insights from Scripture and just remind you about some things. Uh, we're not saved because of our good works. Romans 3.27 says we're, we're saved because of the law of faith, because you believe God. Turn to somebody and tell them you'd never be good enough. But the good news is you don't have to be because Jesus is. And so that's the law that we operate by, not some big list of laws and do's and don'ts, but by the law of faith. Hebrews 10 and Galatians and Habakkuk and Romans all tell us the same thing. The just shall live by faith. What does that mean? It means that the righteous people of God, they live a certain prescribed way. This is how you're supposed to live your life. That's why today's message is so critical because the past several years, the devil's done everything he can do to push us off of that prescribed way. And to depend on man, to depend on circumstances, to depend on the government, can I have a better amen than that? And he wants you to have faith in him and his word, to live the prescribed way. This means that we, we live by faith in everything we do. If you're going to do a ministry, you do it by faith. If you're going to run a business, you do it by faith. If you're going to get married, dear God, if you're going to get married, do it by faith. Amen. You're going to need that faith. Whatever it is you're doing, you're supposed to do by faith. Not just have this little corner of your life where it's spiritual and your life with the Lord and the church and that's faith and everything else. You live just like everybody else and do things just like everybody else. No, righteous people live by faith in every area of life. That's the difference. That's why this is so important. It's the prescribed way to live. Hebrews 11 tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God because he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you want to please God, there's no other way to do it. You'll never do enough. You'll never be holy enough. You'll never cross enough you know, bridges for God to be acceptable to him and to be pleased. You know, have a heart of God that says, I'm pleased with you. He's pleased with you because you believe. It's hard for us to grasp because we have a performance mentality, especially in the West. But God is just saying, believe on me. That is what pleases his heart. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 6, it's the key to inheriting the promises of God. Through faith and patience, our ancestors inherited what was promised. You're not going to inherit and, and tap into all that God has for you without faith. You can do your best in the flesh. You can just try as hard as you want to, but you will never tap into everything God has for you until you learn to truly live by faith. And if you're sitting here today and thinking that faith is just a panacea statement for a religious persuasion or a certain article of doctrine, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about specifically using your faith in such a way that it impacts every area of your life. And if you don't understand that, I relate to that because, you know, it was a long time before I understood the mechanics of how to actually live by faith or walk by faith. It's different than just saying, well, is this your faith? Are you, are you of the Christian faith? Are you of the Muslim faith? No, we're talking about specifically a manner of living, a way of living, and scripture that points out actually how to do that. So the good news for you, if you've understood this in the past, you get a refresher course today. But if you walked in here today, you walk out knowing specifically how to walk by faith. Say with me, I walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean? It means that we walk by what did God say and not by what your senses tell you. Because your senses and the eye of faith, the thing that looks through what God said, the filter of what God said, they do not perceive the world the same way. Everything can be falling apart in the natural, and yet God is moving behind the scenes to bring you up out of that mess and bring you to a place of victory. The world operates by its senses. Unfortunately, most Christians get saved and then live the rest of their lives operating by what their senses tell them, never cultivating this walk of faith because they don't fully understand how to do it. What is faith? Hebrews 11 tells us, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. It is certain of what we do not see. Whenever the Bible defines something, go with the Bible definition. So say it with me. Now faith is, now faith is 
being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It is the evidence. It is the title deed. When you get a hold of the scripture, you look at that scripture and say, you know what? I know this thing the Bible talks about is real because that scripture is the evidence or the title deed of that existing. That's what faith is all about. You don't have to see immediately a manifestation to know that God's word is true and that you can count on what he said in his word. What does faith look at? Well, faith does not look at the checkbook. Faith doesn't look at the calendar. Faith doesn't look and see what time it is. Faith looks at what did God say. Come on, shout it out. Faith, faith looks, at, looks at, focuses on, what did God say? And once you learn to live that way, then all these other inputs don't matter. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter what CNN is saying. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter what the CDC is saying this hour. Now we're down to no stipulations. What's it going to be next time? Who knows? At least the Word of God is consistent. Do you know what? The Word was the same before you and I were ever here. The Word was the same on the day this earth was created. The Word was the same before COVID, and bless God, the Word is the same after COVID. You can count on the Word of God. And that's exactly where your confidence needs to be, living by faith. Well, COVID kind of exposed that there were some Christians in the Western church that weren't living by faith. Why? Because they were focused on the wrong things. You can't focus on everything sense-based and walk in faith at the same time. How does faith work? The Bible tells us by love. Say it with me. Faith works. Well, you know, I listened to a few tapes and I tried that faith stuff and faith didn't work for me. The Bible says it plainly, faith works. But it works by love. It's energized, operating by love. You can never detach yourself from walking in love and then expect that the faith of God's going to work in your life. That's why you must always be tenderhearted. It's why you must always approach the things of God with humility and compassion and if you're on the outs with somebody, if there's war in your heart with somebody, it's time to deal with that. Listen to me. If there's strife or bitterness in your heart, if there's offense in your heart, your faith won't work. And before you go shaking your fist at God or just you know blowing us off and telling us you don't, we don't know what we're talking about, that preach this faith stuff, before you do that, do a, an inventory of your heart to make sure your heart is clean. Because it's not that the message of the word is an error. It's the fact that your heart is not in a position for your faith to work. But you know what? You can fix that today. I said you can fix that today. You can forgive and release and walk in love and have your faith working perfectly. The Bible tells us in 1 John 5, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. What's the victory? Your senses are not the victory. Religion is not your victory. Amen. Belonging to an organization is not your victory. Faith is what? Faith is the victory. And not just generic religious concept of faith, but walking by faith. That is the key to your victory every single day. You don't do it every once in a while. You live every day of your life this way. But I don't, uh, you know, I don't uh, you know, harass or harangue or put people down for not fully understanding this, because I understand there's a process to get where I am, and I haven't arrived yet, but thank God I know more about walking by faith than I did 20 years ago, or 30 years ago as a kid. And sometimes we throw these terms out without explaining them well enough for people to grab onto them like a handle and run with. Walk by faith, live by faith, I'm believing God for this, I'm believing God for that, and all the new converts just kind of shake their head with a glassy eye and say, yeah, I know, I agree with you, and they don't know what you're talking about, they don't have a clue. They're just shaking their head because they don't want to look stupid. This is designed to help you put a handle on the most important concept you'll ever have as a Christian. To walk by faith and what? And not by sight. Are you still here? The Bible also tells us that faith is the way we enter into rest. We labor to enter into the rest of faith. When you're still trying to kick up the dirt and fix everything and running around all harassed and absolutely just disheveled in your thinking and your heart and your emotions, you're just trying to force something to happen, you're not walking in faith. 
Faith is when you believe God, you set your faith in order, and now you're in a place of rest watching God do it. Amen? Do you know that God can do it without your help? How many times have we messed it up trying to help him? Turn to your neighbor and say with a smile on your face, I love you, but you really aren't God. You never will be God. So knock it off. But you are his child. Amen. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up and my daddy said he was going to do something, my daddy followed through on it. And if you can have confidence in a natural father, how much more in your heavenly father? You don't have to fret thinking he's not going to do that. He's not going to take care of that. You know, you never know what he's going to do. What an insult it would be for me to, behind my dad's back, say, well, you never know what he's going to do. Maybe your dad was like that, but that's not my experience. I can tell you this, your heavenly father's not like that. He doesn't say one thing and then do another. You can count on him. Let me explain to you what it means to, to, to live by faith, and then I'm going to go into the mechanics of it with you here today. So you can walk out with a handle on the faith lifestyle like you never have before. To live by faith is to live by God's prescribed way of living. That means the filter and the order of the Word of God. If you're going to walk by faith, yes, you're going to walk with God, you're going to love God, you're going to respect God, you're going to worship God, but you're going to treat God and His Word as one. Which means if God's Word says something, you're going to walk in faith and confidence that this is actually what God believes and God wants for your life. The quality decision to submit your five senses to the eye of faith, choosing to look through the eyes of the Word. For we walk by faith and not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It means we're not moved by what we see. And can I tell you something in this world right now? There's a lot to see. There's a lot to hear. There's a lot to feel. But you are not called to walk by what you see or feel or hear. You're called to walk by what did God say. This is where discipline comes in. I hear this, I see that, I feel that, but I'm sticking to what did God say in my life. Because that's the key to the promise. That's the key to my victory. That's the key to my breakthrough. And I don't suspect that uh, the, uh, the volume is going to go down on this nonsense. It's going to get louder. And it's going to get more things to see. Uh, as this thing gets ready to wrap up, you're not going to see less crazy. You're going to see more crazy. Some of y'all are thinking, well, if I just had more faith, if the church was doing its job, there would be less crazy in this country. You need to read your Bible. The closer it gets to his coming, more crazy. The key is for you not to join the crazy. And the way you do that is by walking by faith and not by sight. Say it with me with all your heart. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved by the Word of God and the Word of God only. Now that's the foundation the quality of decision it takes to walk by faith. It means to follow the example of Jesus who only did what he saw the Father do and only said what the Father said to say. That's how in tune and direct his walk with God is. And we'll get to why that's so important in just a moment. It means to trust the character and nature of God and trust that his nature is reflected in the Holy Scriptures. When I'm reading about God in the Word, that's his nature. There's a reason why we believe in the goodness of God in this church. We believe that surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. Look at somebody and say, Pastor's got a stalker. And her name is Shirley. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I mean, some things you kind of get religious about to understand that. Well, God is good. Somebody says all the time. But stop and think about just how good he is. How do I know he's good? I know he's good because his word tells me he's good. You see what I'm saying here? That you equate the character of God with the integrity of the scriptures. 
There is no way to walk by faith by thinking, yeah, I know the word says that, but you never know what God's going to do. You cannot deviate from the word in describing God's attitude, his behavior, his nature, his conduct. You can't walk by faith and be questioning his character because you see something in the word you don't understand. Stick to what the word says. Ask God for understanding revelation and realize, for example, he's a good God because the Bible says he's good. Jesus loves me this I know. Now, you may be here today, and if you do, I want to get your autograph after service, that you personally have seen Jesus. I haven't. But the Bible tells me that for God so loved the world, that he gave what? His only begotten son. The Bible tells me that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. That's how he demonstrated his love. Now, where did I get that from? I wasn't there on Golgotha, I wasn't there when he died. I wasn't there when he was scourged. I wasn't there when he was mistreated. I wasn't there when he was harmed and hurt and killed and laid in that tomb. I got everything from the word of God. It's the word that tells me that he loves me. It's the word that tells me that he, raised, he was raised from the dead. It's the word that tells me he's coming back for me. And if you're going to have a, a walk of faith, you're going to live by faith, you're going to walk by faith, you've got to have that kind of conviction about the Word of God. And don't let these so-called progressive Christians and people trying to deconstruct the Christian faith, don't let these people influence you. The Word is true. I am not going to let some little mealy-mouthed person have authority over the Scriptures just because they think they're smarter than God. They're not. This is nothing new. People have thought for centuries that they were smarter than God. Eventually, we find out that we're not. Amen? The audacity and arrogance of putting yourself in a position to judge the Word of God. Amen? When God's doctrine and Word for thousands of years has been consistent, when they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls in that cave, they discovered there is no deviation from modern translations in the doctrine and the doctrine revealed in the scrolls of Isaiah found in that cave. Thousands of years later, what does that tell you? God has done everything he can do to preserve the integrity of his word. Trust God. And yet people can't be the same three days in a row. And you're going to let that person judge the word of God and push you outside of having confidence in God and equating God in what his word says. Say it with me. God and his word are one. Life has a way of pushing us off the lifestyle of faith and onto fear and reacting and emotion based on the senses. But God is calling his people to get back to the walk of faith. It's a clarion call. My people, what? My people are supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Shout out the righteous, the just, shall live by faith. What I want you to see today is walking by faith, that faith is not just some religious idea or concept or something you see on a, on a wall. <laughs> uh, when I was first born again, how many understand when you get born again, you get born again? How many understand when you get spirit-filled, you get spirit-filled? And if you've been born again and spirit-filled, you're not the same anymore. Does that make sense? And uh, when, I, when I came to Murray State, I got born again around June 3rd, 1982, baptized in the Holy Ghost the same night, spoke in tongues, began to have experiences in the Spirit of God, began to see things, began to, to have all kinds of operations in my life, like a deep hunger for the Word of God. My mom gave me a Bible for my graduation from high school. I just devoured that thing, and it began to fall apart within six months. You say, well, aren't you holy? No, it's just hungry, not holy. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But because I was hungry, I was getting holier. And uh, I was in the College of Charleston in South Carolina for my first uh, several uh, uh, months in my first semester of college because I was going to go to the Medical University of South Carolina after three years at College of Charleston, a Bachelor of Science in Medicine, and move on. That was my plan. How I many understand that your plan may not be God's plan? Um, but I felt like I was in the wrong place. It's a beautiful place. Any of you have been to Charleston, you know the Charleston, the Battery, you've seen it's a wonderful place. But I felt like I was in the wrong place, and so I transferred up to Murray State because God felt like I needed to hang around y'all crazies here. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and uh, being in, from Illinois, I was a border county, 
And so when I got on campus, I was getting in-state tuition through a border county arrangement with the Murray State, Illinois, and I had to live in the dormitory. So when I uh, walked in my dorm room uh, with my mom and dad, <laughs> uh, there was pornography on the entire side of one room. And uh, to counter that, my mom would help me pick out Christian posters. About faith and love and the fruit of the Spirit. And so on his side of the room, this is a guy from Missouri who also was a little drug dealer. He'd go get his little drugs on the weekend and sell them to athletes when he got back. On his side of the room was all this pornography. Uh, on my side of the room, and those rooms aren't big to begin with, all these Christian posters. And then I would put on a Christian tape when I would leave the room and leave it on on purpose. <laughs> it was always off when I came back, <laughs> but I always left one on there, amen? Left the light on, praise the Lord. <laughs> and um, so on move-in day, everybody say move-in day. I've got my stuff, mom and dad are there. I walk in the door, I go, hmm. <laughs> mom looks, she looks over here and she goes, well, thank God he's not gay. That was her <laughs> response. <laughs> Keep your perspective here. Keep your perspective. <laughs> and it was about, uh, oh, three or four months later, I was uh, in leadership with, with Chi Alpha and, and was able to uh, move out of the dorm and all was good. I want to tell you something that to you and I, uh, to live this, you're going to have to get real serious. Plastering your heart, not necessarily your walls with posters, but getting so far into the Word of God, it absolutely changes you. And what's remarkable to me was the preservation that God gave me living in a room like that. We get a knock on the door, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Some, some big old basketball player would knock on the door. He'd stand on the other side. This guy would go into his closet and get this little brown bag. And he'd come back in a little bit and put that bag in. I said, I need to know what's in that brown bag. Inquiring minds want to know. And when I opened up that bag, got in his closet, every kind of drug you can think of. I mean, it was like, it's like Walgreens that moved into every kind of drug was in there. And the Lord delivered me from that. Praise the Lord. But what I learned those first few formative years of really walking with God is there was not going to be any victory. There's not going to be walking by faith if I did not get into and stay in the Word of God. Turn to somebody and tell them it's a walk. It's a lifestyle. And I also find out nobody's going to do it for me. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them no one can walk by faith for you. No one. You can't get saved by somebody else. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You have to embrace the truths of the Word of God. So let's dive into this and just understand today, when we're talking about living by faith, when we're talking about walking by faith, we're talking about learning to use your faith as a weapon or as a tool. Everybody say as a tool. Now what does a tool do? It helps you do things. How many of you know it's a lot easier to hammer a nail in with a hammer than with the bottom of your shoe? Um, it's a tool. Say it's a tool. And one of the things that they used to say about Oral Roberts is that uh, he, he learned how to use his faith as a tool to produce, to accomplish things, to, to see things manifest in this realm. And that's what this teaching really is all about, that you discover how does that, how does that work? How do I take the concept of faith and use it as a tool to produce things, to build things, to develop things, to manifest things? The more you get into this, the more you're going to realize that God loves to honor and confirm His Word. But you have to get into the Word to find out, Amen. First, what it says, and also, what, what uh, does that confirmation look like? Um, I personally think that the people that created solder furniture and put together furniture, I believe those people are straight from hell. Um, I don't have a lot of pet peeves, but one of my least favorite things in the world is to get a box of furniture that has to be put together. I, I see you ran into that hell also. Yes, you did. 
And uh, it's either those little, you know, those little lock nuts and those little doll, you know, those little doll rods or whatever. And, or it's, or it's, it's the thing that's even worse than that. They give you those little screws and they give you an Allen wrench. An Allen wrench. And that's not bad enough. They give you an Allen wrench and then they put that screw right next to the edge of the furniture so you can't really turn the Allen wrench. Takes you like a half hour to put one screw in. Well, being the loving husband that I am, I had a little furniture delivered to our house the other day, outdoor type, and guess what? Well, the furniture demon visited our house that day. I'm, I'm serious about that. Putting stuff together and then trying to do this, and sometimes the holes aren't drilled and parts don't quite fit. Um, everybody say faith like a tool. <laughs> so there I am. I'm just, uh, it's 105 degrees out in the shade. Just having fun doing this. You can't go like that because it's too close to the side. And then I just had a brilliant revelation. Art, you have a drill. And you have an Allen wrench bit. There I sat completely sopped in sweat, finally getting the revelation. And don't laugh at me, some of y'all live your whole lives that way. So I go down and I got the drill, found the bit. Suddenly there was a spring in my step. I came up the stairs going, nee, nee. I mean, you've had it now. I got you. <laughs> and uh, instead of going, nee, nee, I just popped that thing in there. Nee, nee. And then what would have taken me probably an hour or more with an hour wrench took me about three minutes. I felt so smart. <laughs> right before I was so dumb. <laughs> so from now on, guess what? Amen. But I still won't like that furniture. Hey, some of that furniture, you can walk by and give it a dirty look, it'll fall apart. It's just right there. <laughs> Get any water on it, just give up the ghost. Amen? <laughs> well, the desk I now have in the church was actually made by an Amish man. It took four men to bring it into the office. It is not going anywhere. This man put drawers in that desk that are so deep, you could put an AR-15 in there and nobody ever know it. So, so be careful if you've come to my office complaining. No, seriously, his name was, was Abner. And then uh, Abner stepped on a nail, and he couldn't finish the project, so he turned it over to Moses. <laughs> so my desk was built by Abner and Moses Incorporated, amen? Amen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but that desk will still be sitting there for all eternity. Now that's what you want. Amen. Real craftsmanship. Now I could sit there and whatever else Kelly has coming and put it together hours on end, or I can get the tool out that's best suited for the situation. And that is that drill with that Allen wrench bit. You see what I'm saying to you? And that's how you want to walk out of here with your faith. And I just say, I hope and end up praying and thinking maybe God will do something. But knowing how to apply your faith in real life situations for getting results. Say it with me, I walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is not just hanging on for dear life. It's a very specific application of the word of God to what you're going through. So today it could be physical or financial or spiritual. It could be a need for guidance. You need a breakthrough with a family member. How many of y'all have lost loved ones out there? Just a couple of them, yeah, um, to walk, okay? So write these principles down and then meditate on them. How to live by faith, four elements of living by faith. Number one, find out what God says about that life matter. Find out what God says about that life matter. And how am I going to do that? I'm going to hear what God has to say about it. I've already made the decision the Word of God is 
filled with integrity. I trust the word of God. Are you here? How am I going to actually find out what he thinks about the matter? I'm not going to go take a poll. I'm not going to go ask a bunch of theologians from some church somewhere. I'm going to go to the Word of God. That's where I find out what God says about a matter. And listen, it's not just about the reading, though. It's about the hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word or the message. Listen to this in Romans 10. Verse 12, how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? You probably have, have thought or jumped to the conclusion that, that faith primarily comes by reading. Renewing of the mind comes by reading and will lead to faith. But faith comes by Hearing. For those out there that think that you can just have your little walk with God in the garden somewhere on a bass boat in a mountain somewhere, you don't need God, don't need His church, you have bought the biggest lie of all. You will never use faith as a tool because faith is not being produced because you're not under the preached Word of God. Will you benefit from it? Yes, but you will never know the full measure of walking by faith unless you're under the preached word of God where the Spirit of God can strike your heart with the realities of redemption and show you exactly what to do. You could read the Bible on your own for years. I know people who do that and are just as messed up as people who don't even go to church at all, don't even claim Christ. Why? Because it's not enough for you just to read on your own. There are things that are released when someone's called to preach and teach the Word that you can't get all by yourself. You weren't designed to live this life by yourself. I want to find out what God says about that life matter, which means I have got to hear Him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word, and the Word of the message is preached. Now watch this. He says, how... Can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Do you see this? Say, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. What we don't seem to understand, or it hasn't been clearly, uh, you know, revealed to us individually. It's great, and I'm not trying to discourage you from reading the Bible because you need to, because every time you do, it's God speaking to you. But something's happening right now in this building that's not going to happen all by yourself, usually. You need it. I don't want to overstate this, but Jesus, in, in, through Paul's writings in, in Ephesians 4, tells us that he gave gifts to the church. He gave apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. Guess what all five of them have in common? They're all speaking gifts. If you're going to walk by faith, if you're going to live this lifestyle, you've got to find out what God says. And I'm telling you that in a, in a service like this or something you watch online or something you hear on a tape, there are all kinds of ways to do this. We're blessed by technology in this world right now. And instead of using it for evil purposes, let's make up our mind to use it to advance our walk of faith. Do you see this? That you're just minding your own business, watching a broadcast, watching or listening to a, a tape or sitting here today, and all of a sudden something explodes on the inside of you. That does happen when we're by ourselves. It's far more likely to happen when you get together and there's a corporate anointing released through a five-fold ministry gift. Here's what a lot of people don't want you to know, that anybody, um, anybody, doesn't make a difference who is speaking, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter. First of all, are they delivering truth? Say truth matters. And are they operating in a God-called office that is a speaking or proclaiming office? If that's the case, every time you walk in this building, you should be expect God to bowl you over with a fresh revelation. Yes. 
You should not be satisfied with anything less than the Holy Ghost talking to you personally. And that's what I'm going to find out. That's when I found out that I wasn't a black-hearted sinner just saved by grace. I was the righteousness of God in Christ. They exploded on the inside of me. That's when I found out what the anointing was all about because it exploded on the inside of me. When we say hearing, we're not just talking about something that you read, a little chapter a day. We're talking about hearing, and not just with physical ears, but what? With the eyes of the Spirit you see, with the ears of the Spirit you actually hear. So I'm going to find out what, uh, what God says about that particular life matter. Amen. If I'm not hearing what God says, it's not faith. If all I'm hearing is what religion says, or what dogma says, or what man says, it's not faith. Why? We can't act on another person's faith. We need a word from God ourselves. Come on, say, God, I need a word. Say, God, I need a word. Reading five chapters is wonderful, but God giving you a word in real time about something you are reading or hearing, now that is powerful and life-changing. If you read the account of the Exodus, and how many thank God he's delivered us all from something? Amen? Look at somebody smile. I know he brought you out of something. I knew you. Yes, I did. <laughs> Watch this. Um, God sent Moses to Pharaoh with a message. Y'all remember what that message was? Let my people go. That's from some childhood memory of watching Timothy watch something on television. Let's all say it together. Let my people go. <laughs> some of you are like, what's happening? I just woke up and I don't understand. What's that? <laughs> You're the church of Jesus Christ victorious. One of the markers of victory in your life that you're walking by faith is joy. It's so important to understand that. Uh, that was the word to Pharaoh. Let my people go. The word to Moses was what? Go. So when they got to the edge of the Red Sea, whose responsibility was it for them to have a way through? God. But what did God tell Moses? Lead my people out. He was told to go. So what happened was because he acted on, this is what living by faith is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. God gave him the word Get my people out, go. The Red Sea parts, a wall of water on one side, a wall of water on the other, and they cross on dry ground, and every one of them is safe and provided for. Moses gets to the other side, of course. You see all the people over there, and Pharaoh decides that, look, obviously God can hold water up and make a way where there is no way, so we'll just follow him in there. But the problem is, Moses had a word Go. Pharaoh had a word, let my people go. He was trying to get through the Red Sea on somebody else's word. And the same thing happens all the time in the body. Well, someone so got a word and they did this and this will work for me because it worked for them. And they, they failed because they never got that word from the word from God by the Spirit of God in that situation. When Jesus came in the middle of the lake and they thought he was a ghost and they're freaking out, it is factually true, it is biblically true that he can help anybody walk on water. Do you believe that? Yes. yes. But who got the word come? Peter. And when he stood out on that word, what happened? He walked. When he got his eyes off of that command, what happened? He sank. he sank. Now, we have some young people going out on pontoon boats here in a little bit. 
I promise you that if any of you, even though you read about Peter coming outside the boat walking on the water, if you look at Pastor Tim and say, I'm going to try that, you going down, clown. I hope you enjoy the temperature of the water because you are going in the water. Why? Because even though the word says that this happened, that is not God's specific word for you at that moment. And I'm going to tell you, there is a timing aspect of this. Could he still do that? Yes. But if you're going to walk on water, one of two things is going to have to happen. One, you're going to have to get a word like Peter, or you're going to have to wait till the lake freezes over. Amen. Are you here today? Does it matter? It does matter. God told the children of Israel to go in and possess the land. You know what they said? We can't. They're giants there. That's when you magnify the problem and your God is small. When God is huge. Brought them that far, you think he could finish the journey with them? Yeah. And they said, we're not going. And then God said, fine. All those things I've been hearing you say, I'm going to do. And when they found out they made a mistake, you know what they said? Let's go in. We'll go in though. The problem is the anointing was on the command when it was given. They did not go in in that timing. And when they went on their own without that word, it was what? It was defeat. Amen. You can't live off of what somebody else received from the Lord. That's why it's so important for you to hear. Amen. Say it with me. Find out. Say it again. Find out what God says about that matter. One of the things that can help your hearing as a spirit-filled believer is the use of your prayer language. Watch this. Jude 20 says, Beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. How does this work? It sensitizes you to get that word. Yes. Read the word, sit under the preacher. You, you should come in here prayed up, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Not coming here like a bunch of dead Baptists. <laughs> I said dead Baptists. I know some live Baptists. But you understand what I'm saying? We don't do that. We don't have any part of that. That's not of God. That's passed. I'm telling you, it hadn't passed away. If it's passed away, you and I are in trouble. You know, those, those tongue talkers are strange people. Weird. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, he's talking about you, you know. He's... How many like to get revelation every time you're under the word of God? Come in praying in the spirit. It'll sensitize you to the voice of God, to your own heart and life. So important. Do you know what we need right now? We need a word from God. Turn to somebody and tell them, you need a word from God. You say, can I just read it be fine? No, it's critical. And that's why when you get this revelation, you don't say, well, I went to church last week, that's enough, or two weeks ago, or I go once every three or four weeks, like, like the average now is. That's with people who don't understand how you can hear from God. Act. People who understand how this works want to be under that anointing as much as they can. It's good preaching, Pastor Art. Yeah, it is. Yeah. When you have that revelation, you know something's going to happen here. So I'm going to walk in with my catchers. And I'm going to catch it. I hope other people catch it too, but I am going to catch it. Find out what God says about that matter. That means hearing. Number two, believe what God says about that matter. Believe it, not your senses. No matter how outlandish it says, you can't walk on water, you can't go through the Red Sea, it's not going to happen. No matter how outlandish it seems to you, believe the word that came to you. How many of you have something that God spoke to you years ago and you're still standing on that? You keep standing on that. Because what happens now is you need to believe what God spoke to you. 
What does he say? You need to trust what he told you over your friends and family and religion and your senses. Say it with me. I believe what God told me. Say, I believe what he spoke to me. It's so important for us to do that. It's not just now we hear. That's great you hear, but believe what you heard and live that out. If I'm not believing what God says, it's not faith. If I'm not hearing what God says, it's not faith. But if I'm not believing what God said, it's not faith. Number three, speak what God says about that life matter. Mark 11, 23, 24, Romans 10, 9 and 10, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, all tell us that faith has to be in two places. It has to be in your heart and it has to be in your mouth to work. We believe in the heart, amen, and we confess with the mouth and confession is made unto salvation. With this same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore we speak. Do you know what most Christians do? They feel and then they speak. So we're confessing our feelings. We're confessing what we're going through. No, we need to hear what God has to say on that matter and believe what God says on that matter and then speak what God says on that matter. This is how the operation of faith actually works. If I'm not speaking what God says, it's not faith. All those weird people running around confessing the word of God. Listen to what I'm saying to you. You heard from God specifically for you. You found the place where it was written and God spoke to you and caused that to come alive and you believe that. You're not just speaking something random. You're speaking the very thing he said to you. You're agreeing. To confess means to agree with God on something. To not confess it is to say, I don't believe or agree with what he said. Amen. There are people here with, with great provision miracles about to hit your household. There are great miracles going to take place in your life and in your body. You don't, don't you dare let go of that word now. You heard what he said. You believe what he said and you're getting weary and you're starting to talk like you used to talk. Start talking again. Pick that promise back up again and start saying what God says about that situation. If I'm not speaking what God says about that, it's not faith. Say it with me. I got to hear what he said. I have to believe what he said. I have to speak what he said. Amen. Why is that so important to release, to, to speak what you hear God saying? Because that's when your faith is being released. Well, now your life begins to go in the direction of the things you have been believing, hearing, and saying. Amen. Number four, you need to do what God says about that life matter. Say it. Do what God says about that life matter. You know, James says in James 1, faith without works is dead. We're talking about faith with corresponding actions. If I really heard him, if something really came alive to me <laughs> and I really believe it and I really speak it, guess what? I'm going to do what he says. Hey, Peter, you, you could walk on water. I'm giving you that word. Lord, I believe that. I believe that. And all of a sudden he says to the other fellows in the boat, hey, I'm, I'm walking on water. Jesus gave me where I'm about to walk on water. What good would it be for him to believe after he heard and to talk about it if he never got outside the boat to do it? Turn to somebody and tell him God is calling you to get out of the boat. You heard him. You believed him. You're speaking it. Now do the thing he's told you to do. Faith in action. Hear and do. The old-fashioned word hearken means to hear that word from God with an attitude to do the thing you heard. Say it with me. Hear and do. Raise your hand if you want to know the key to victory. Hear and then do. What is he telling you? Yes. Hear it, believe it, say it. And the end of the day, do what? Do what he's told you to do. There are many, many examples of this in Scripture. I'll just give you one from Luke 17. Somewhere along the line, ten leopards, Luke 17, heard 
that there was a healer in the land. And he, he kind of seems like messianic and prophetic and supernatural. And somehow they catch a glimpse of him. And what do they do? What did the ten lepers do? What do they ask? Watch this. They heard, and they believed what they heard. And then they used their mouth to cry out in the direction of what they what? Believed and heard. And then here came the response from the Son of God. Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, what happened? That's how you use faith as a tool. They walked in the direction of the priest to show themselves based on what Jesus said. And guess what happened? Now, you know, one of them came back and he couldn't stop thanking God enough. And not only did he get physically healed, the Bible says he was made whole. If you were to interview that man after that encounter, he'd have told you I went back to thank him. I, I watched how the, the leprous areas were cleansed up. But after I went back and thanked him, I watched how body parts grew out. Amen? When you see the end of your faith, be thankful, grateful. Before you see the end of your faith, be thankful and grateful. Keep that kind of an attitude. Amen? My goal today is that you walk out of here not just with the generic, yeah, I'm living by faith, but no, specifically. Watch this. If I'm hearing from God on the matter, then I am walking by faith. If I am believing what I heard God on the matter, then I'm walking by faith. If I start saying what I heard God say about that matter, I'm walking by faith. And if I start doing what God said about that matter, then I'm walking by faith. If I'm not, then I'm just kidding myself. And now look at me very carefully. We can't afford to do that anymore. Our redemption is nearer than when we first believed. We don't have time for that nonsense anymore. We can't have a generic, pablum, lacking revelation type of faith lifestyle. We need to use it like a tool. Maybe in your life it's not a piece of furniture, and hopefully, dear God, it's not. But how many are working on something more important than a piece of furniture? Now, you can sit there with the Allen wrench of religion all day long. The Allen wrench of your senses. The Allen wrench of what grandma and them said. The Allen wrench of what you heard in some church growing up but does not smack true today. You can sit there and do that until your fingers bleed. Or you can put on the supercharged high power, amen, power of God's word. And get that thing taken care of supernaturally. Where God's super is added to, you're natural. How does that happen? By using faith as a tool. Look at somebody and say, Pastor didn't say be a tool. He said use faith as a tool. <laughs> Can you receive this today? Can you receive this today? Come on, give him a hand clap and thank him for it. Come on, give him a shout today. He's a good God.